This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earnin today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day. Because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. So before we get started today, I have to warn you, I have this cough. Oh, it will not go away. So I'm going to try to not randomly burst out in a coughing fit in the middle of this episode, but it totally could happen. So just know that there might be some coughing and hacking here and there. It's all good. Because like we're going to talk about today, I don't believe in perfection. So I mean, let the coughing begin. Let's just make this really imperfect and ugly. Uh, so, all right. Our topic for today, I'm super excited because sometimes things happen in multiple areas of your life in the same way. And you're like, why is this happening? Like, what is this? Why is this being repeated? So a, mo- a most recent theme for me that's been repeated is um, a few, like a month ago, I was at a conference for uh, fitness professionals and fitness business owners. For, and I was there because I own a gym here in Seattle. So I went down to this event in California. There was 800 personal trainers and other fitness professionals there. Big, huge event. And then last week, I was at an event here in Seattle for women, 35 women entrepreneurs. Okay, so two very different groups of people, right? Um, the group in California was like young males. The group here in Seattle, much smaller group, more middle-age-ish females, uh, business entrepreneur, badass kinds of women, Super cool groups in both situations. And the quote that kept coming up in both groups was, how you do anything is how you do everything. And it's funny because when I left the conference in California, I was like, I need to like, I need to do something with that. It's it's so good. And I've heard it before, but I hadn't heard it in a while. And I was like, I need to take that and run with it. And then last week I met this 
women's event and it comes up again. And it was like this theme throughout the day. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there it is again. Like, this is a sign. So of course, when I get signs like that, I'm thinking, oh, this means I'm supposed to do a podcast about it, right? This is what the universe is telling me. So let's do that. So that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how you do anything is how you do everything. Now, with that, we can talk about how to do everything better. But how to do everything better doesn't mean like how to do everything perfect because perfect kind of sucks. And um, I come from a long background of trying to be perfect in all areas of my life. And I can tell you it was mostly just torturous. Um, I was the kid who like compared math homework every night with friends to make sure that I had every single answer right. I was the kid who did extra credit on anything. Like if I could get over 100% on something, I would like sign me up. Um, So perfectionism is definitely something that I've struggled with. And it's something that I really have tried to let go of. And I can tell you, like if you were to see my office right now, you would see that I'm doing a pretty good job letting go of perfectionism because there's just crap all around me. So um, yeah, my paper pile technique has even like gone totally out the window. And I've kind of let go of perfectionism um, as a means of getting things done and really, really adopting the philosophy that done is better than perfect. And so I do a lot of things imperfectly now. And that's a topic for another episode. But I also think it's something that's really important to note because I think that we do get caught up in doing things really well sometimes and to a point that we don't allow ourselves to actually move forward. And so I try to really be good about setting deadlines with myself so that I actually have to move forward on things and I can't just get stuck doing the same thing over and over again. This podcast is a great example. I will tell you right now, I oftentimes re-record entire episodes because I'll get done recording and be like, oh, I want to add like one more thing. Or, oh, there's one thing in there I didn't say quite the way I meant to say it. And then I'll re-record the whole thing. And it becomes a huge time suck. And once I do it once, then I want to do it like four more times. So I have to just stop myself and be like, nope, one and done. You did it. That's how it's going out. That's how the universe is meant to receive it. And whatever happens, happens. And so um, so that's what I've, that's been my most recent adoption of done is better than perfect and just moving forward with things. But I also within that, I do that with care. I do things with care. So when I do release a podcast episode, it is because thought has gone into the topic. Um, notes have gone into the topic. Some definite like intentions are behind everything that I say. I do try to deliver things in a certain way. Uh, I just, I try to be really conscientious about what I'm saying, how I'm saying it, how I want it to impact my audience. So being imperfect is okay. That doesn't mean that you're being careless or thoughtless. So if how you do anything is how you do everything, how can we start to do everything a little bit better? Because here's what I see. I see us getting stuck, like I said, not doing the things that we really want to do. And I also see us getting stuck in these little mindset games that don't allow us to move forward. And so we get held back by our head and the conversations in our head that hold us down. A perfect example of this would be someone who maybe has just started working out for the first time in first time in a while, maybe first time ever. And they start looking at themselves in the mirror and making and noting like, oh, well, you know, I've been working out for a month now and I still, I, can't, I have all this fat on my belly and my thighs are touching and my arms have, you know, are jelloey and I have cellulite here and my boobs are sagging. And they just, they, instead of looking in the mirror and saying, wow, you just worked out for 30 days or you just worked out three times a week for the last four weeks or whatever the case may be, they immediately go to this place of, I can't believe I look this way. And I can't believe, and they just go to this place of negativity about the situation rather than the place of huge sense of accomplishment over actually doing something really amazing for an extended period of time. So you can see the difference there. 
two really dramatic schools of thought and two vastly different schools of thought about the same thing, about just standing in front, putting your body in front of the mirror. And I think that that's a really common one for women. I think that we do stand in front of the mirror and we do judge ourselves. And that can be very figuratively and very literally. So, you know, literally we do stand in front of the mirror naked, checking ourselves out. Let's be honest. And let's also be honest that a lot of the times the things that we're saying are not so nice. I also think that figuratively we hold ourselves up to a place of judgment where we're very hard on ourselves. And so we tend to look at what we didn't do and the things that we messed up on and the things that we don't feel proud of. And we focus on those things to the extent that we that we ignore the things that we've done well. We ignore our own wins. We ignore our victories. Or we don't, cre- maybe we celebrate them, but like just for a second before we j- jump right back to that place of negativity. And instead, if we could open space for celebrating victories and celebrating wins all the time and push out and clear out all that space for the negative thoughts, we would have so many more wins and such bigger wins. And I like to think about this in terms of like, I use the concept of crowding out foods. When you think about eating really well, I tell people like, don't think about, don't go into a diet kind of a situation or like a healthier eating situation that saying like, I'm never going to eat sugar again, or I'm going to stop eating carbs, which are like two super common things I hear women say. I'm starting on Monday. I'm not going to eat carbs anymore, which is ridiculous by the way, but that's another topic. So we think we're going to cut out carbs or sugar or alcohol or coffee or whatever. And and we come from a place of deprivation. So we cut it out and we leave this big, huge hole there and we don't know what to do with that hole. So we just sit there missing the thing that we cut out. And instead, what's really great is if you put a bunch of things in your diet that take up that space, you have crowded out the old thing. So if instead of, if instead of saying, I'm not going to have any more carbs, instead I say like, I'm going to start having three vegetables with every meal, one serving of fruit and like, you know, four ounces of protein. I'm thinking about all these things that I can have. And at the end of eating all that, I'm going to feel full and satisfied for sure. So I don't have to think about the meals like, oh my gosh, and I didn't have the three, you know, two pieces of bread with my sandwich, or I didn't have a bun with my hamburger or whatever. So essentially I've done the same thing as the goal when my goal is to cut out carbs, but instead of focusing on what I'm giving, what I'm giving up, I'm focusing on what I'm bringing in. I'm focusing on this really positive thing. And that can make all the difference. So when you use the positive things to crowd out the negative things, you don't have space there for the negative stuff anymore. You can't simultaneously have both things. This is a great Marie Forleo quote um, that I've mentioned before, but she's she talks about that you can't have, and I don't now I, of course I'm spacing on the exact quote, but she talks about that whatever you use, whatever negative energy you use, that's energy wasted that you can never get back to spend on something positive. And I think that that is so true. Like you can't have positive and negative energy and positive and negative thoughts occupying the same space. And so you get to choose. You get to choose in every situation which way you're going to go. So again, how you do anything is how you do everything. So if the first thing you do in the morning is stand in front of the mirror and become very critical of yourself, you probably do that in many, many areas of your life besides the mirror. If the first thing you do in the morning is think about all the things you're going to restrict in your diet all day and judge yourself about that, then that's probably how you're going to go about a lot of other things. You're going to be coming from life, coming at your life from a place of deprivation and a place of like limited resources and just feeling like angsty about everything versus today I can eat all the vegetables I want and I can eat all the fruit that I want and I have these great proteins I've already prepared and I'm totally going to do this and I feel amazing about it. That's so different than being like, and I can't have the muffin and I can't have the scone and I'm not going to have this and I'm not going to have that and I'm so cranky, like totally different mindsets, right? So 
How can we start doing these things better? How can we start shifting the mindset in every area of our life so that we're focusing on doing everything a little bit better? And that mindset will be replicated in all areas of your life. So when you start to think more positively in one aspect of your life, it will totally impact how you think more positively in another area of your life. I know that when I started to get physically stronger, when I started lifting weights and when I started doing races and actually like crossing a finish line and felt like an athlete, it totally changed how I could approach other situations in my life. So then I could actually go and talk to my boss if I felt something was unfair. I actually had the courage to go back to school and change careers. I had the courage to start my own business. I was able to do do all these other things and feel strong in all these other scenarios because I was physically strong in ways I'd never been before in my life. And that's really where exercise became such a huge turning point for me is that it allowed me to see that if I can be strong here, I can be strong anywhere. And prior to that, I had never felt, I had felt like I was good at certain things, but I never felt, I would never have used the word strong about any area of of my life. Once I started focusing on strength in one area of my life, it carried over to every area. And so if you can use that same idea of like being better at something and being more positive about something in one area of your life, that will carry over into all areas of your life. So here's my eight tips at how to be better at anything. Number one, look for the silver linings. This can be a challenging one and you will totally feel like Pollyanna. So I don't know if you're not familiar with Pollyanna. I was like the biggest Haley Mills fan growing up. I watched The Parent Trap at least 300 times, I think. I had the whole thing memorized. But Pollyanna is a Haley Mills movie from I don't even know when, many, many years ago. I think it was probably like at the advent of like color TV when it came out. But um, she was, Pollyanna saw the silver linings in every situation and it became this joke that like people got, got annoyed because, you know, people would be cranky about something and she'd be like, oh yes, I know it's pouring at, pouring down rain, but look at it's the, the garden is getting water to feed the plants and now they're going to bloom in spring. And so there's the saying about like being a Pollyanna. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids 
start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse. And so Active Skin Repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately. And I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect. So Vinny does not like ointmenty, creamy, lotiony things on his body, but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. You haven't watched the movie? Go do it. So seeing the silver lining and everything is critical for becoming better at things because it opens up the space to move forward no matter what. So no matter how bad things are, you can always move forward. You all have been around people who only see the negative in things. It's draining, right? Like, oh, it's painful after a while. So you have to look for the silver linings. You have to look at like, even if 99.9% of the things suck right now, what is the 0.1% that you can hold on to and take and run with it? And this is what I do in every situation. I'm going to talk a little bit more about our fertility stuff in a minute. But when we were going through infertility, it was like every time that I was like, okay, like we got so many doors shut in our face, like slammed hard. And every time, sure, there was tears and there was frustration, but it was always like, okay, what's the next step? Okay, what's the next step? Okay, what's the next step? I never for a second thought like, well, we're just not going to do it because there was so many things we learned couldn't happen and wouldn't happen. And we had no chance of doing things a certain way in, in many cases. But there was always like one more, one step we could go in any direction. And so we were always given like, here's your choices. None of them were what we would have considered ideal at the time. None of them were what we were actually really looking for. But we were given some options. And so it was like, okay, like what's the best case? Best case scenario in this scenario that basically sucks. Where are we going to go with it? So you have to look for those little silver linings because those are the things that carry you forward. Otherwise, you become stuck and you either give up or you stay in that stuck place. And that's not a fun place to be. So you can take that silver lining and move forward or take the silver lining and pivot. But find that silver lining. It's critical, critical, critical. Number two. Okay, here we go. You have to look for the funny story in every opportunity. So anything that is upsetting or bothersome or just feels like this is the most horrible thing ever you have to, where's the story in there? So I'm not saying, I mean, there's some really horrendously traumatic things that can happen, you know, death of a family member, loss of a marriage or a child or whatever. Like those are not funny story opportunities, but here's what happens in those situations. Crazy life circumstances bring upon story after story after story. And when you're in them, you can't, obviously you're not going to be sitting laughing about them, but there's things that you can talk about after the fact. And you can be like, oh my God, like, I can't believe this is what happened. I can't believe that this is what came about. I see this happen a lot with um, with death and family members. And you think about, you know, at the time, it's this very sad and overwhelming and very draining experience. 
But then, you know, weeks later, you're sitting around with family or months or years later, you're sitting around with family and you're like, do you remember the thing that mom said on her deathbed? And there's just these funny stories that come out. And of course, you know, at the time you can't really see them as funny, but later you're like, given the situation, like that was ironic or that was funny or what have you. So perfect example for us was when we were looking into all of our infertility stuff and we had to go to two male infertility specialists. So we go to one to get my husband, like he had, you know, we both had to get all of our stuff all checked out. So we go to one and we both had some issues going on. So we go to my husband's and get his first kind of like diagnosis of what they think's going on on his side. And then they, it was suggested that we go get a second opinion. So we go to get the second opinion and the doctor, that guy, he's this old man. And I, I have a hard time taking fertility information from an old man kind of no matter what, like I just, I need someone a little more maternal in that role. And so we see him for like, we're in his office for like four minutes. And he says, um, well, I concur with the first doctor's findings for sure. But he's like, you know, we might be able to fillet your testicles and find a little bit more information. And literally like that's, he said that he said like one other, th- oh, he told us um, infertility is like a big family secret. So we shouldn't talk about this with other people. And that was basically the whole conversation. We were there for literally like four minutes. And then a couple of weeks later, we got a $2,000 bill. So I wrote about this actually recently in an art, or I wrote about this a couple of years ago in an article, and I'll make sure that I post that because it's a funny article. I talk about four different things that happened to us during our infertility journal uh, journey. And I just recently reread the article and I was like, oh, this is kind of hilarious. So that was a time when I, we were kind of at rock bottom. Like we were like, how, what are our options? And it was really seeming like there were no options. And so as we went from doctor to doctor and through all this testing and everything, we just kept getting this like door shut in our face. And then we get like, well, we can fillet your testicles. And I'm like, is there not a better way to say that? Is there not better terminology? You've got to be kidding me. And then this whole thing about like, and then, you know, infertility, it's like the shameful family secret. I'm like, you can't, please somebody stop this old man. I I was, this is like, don't get me started talking about old men making decisions about like women's issues. And granted, this was for my husband, but it still was this guy who, it's just his bedside manner was so horrible and at the time, I kind of let it roll off me because I couldn't even absorb it. And then in the following weeks and months, I was like, he really said that, didn't he? He really said, fillet your testicles. Um, I'm going to need to talk about this. I'm going to need to write about this. I'm going to need to share this story a few times because this is not what people talk about. When they talk about infertility, they talk about like, you know, these gut-wrenching stories of loss and frustration and sadness and everything. No one talks about potentially filleting your testicles. So okay, I think I've said it enough times now. Like, if you have kids in the car, you're like, can she please stop saying that? So um, so I had to start finding those funny stories and there were a number of them. So I'll make sure that I post that in that article in the show notes so that you can uh, hear some more of our funny infertility stories. But that really did become kind of a time in our lives where so many bad things were happening and so many things that really we felt very stuck and very overwhelmed. And it was a two-year journey and we really felt shut down at every turn for quite a while. And I had to start seeing these things as funny. And I would have conversations with my girlfriends like, you guys will never guess what happened now. Like there was just so many crazy scenarios around infertility that I would have never guessed. And they just all became funny stories to me. So that's where I took that. Number three at how to be better at anything is to give yourself three put ups for every put down. So when I used to work with kids in the psychiatric hospital, this is the rule that we had. If you told someone, if you said something negative to someone else, so if you put someone down, so these were kids who were like four to 14 years old. 
So if they called someone a name or gave someone a put down, they had to then give them three put ups. And you can imagine when you're asking like an eight year old to do this, they're just rolling their eyes and hating every minute of it. And none of it is like actually heartfelt or meaningful, but they still had to do it. So what I would advise for you, though, the reason this is important and significant is because it gets you in the practice of constantly just like letting the positive things roll off your tongue. So when you're looking in front of the mirror and the first thing you see is like, oh man, I can't even believe my belly right now. Like my belly is jiggly and it's the skin is loose and whatever, whatever you might be saying. And that can go for any part of your body. As soon as you catch yourself doing that, stop and find three things that you like. Oh, but look at my shapely calves and oh, look at, I love, I can see this definition here and oh, I love that. And oh, but my hair looks great today and whatever, like three things immediately. Just let them roll right off and do not let yourself walk out of that situation until you've identified those three things. The same can go for any other situation, you know, a frustrating conversation that you're walking away from and all you can think about is everything that went wrong. Just immediately like, what are the three things? I'm snapping my fingers here. I hope you can hear that in the mic. So the three things that you can immediately spin it around because what happens is when you meet, when you get in the practice of spinning things like that quickly, those voices that are, that your defense to become negative about things over time will shut down and become quieted and your ability to stay positively frame in a positive frame of mind will be, that will be your go-to. So you'll notice like, oh, this is frustrating, but you'll immediately be like, oh, but I'm so glad A, B, and C. So yeah, today was kind of a bummer, but thank goodness for one, these one, two, three things. So it becomes really easy to make those mind shifts. So it's really hard now for me to get down. Like, sure, I have days where I'm bummed out about things, but it's hard for me to get down and stay down because it's, I've practiced so frequently immediately turning things around that I don't let myself go to that place. I immediately find the positive things and make sure that they outweigh in number the negative things, even if they're really silly, teeny tiny little piddly things. And there's, you know, there was a time in my life and especially in times of my life when I've lived by myself where it was easy, easy, easy for me to go down a rabbit hole of negativity and just stay there and be that Eeyore person. So next we're going to go to number four, which is more about Eeyore. So the number four way to be better at anything is to expect more. Stop being Eeyore. So you all have those friends where when you get together with them or you are texting with them or whatever, it's just this constant negative thing. I see this on Facebook. Oh my gosh. I've had to hide people on Facebook. because I'm like, do you think everyone only wants to know like your pity party stuff every day? Like all this woe is me. No one wants to hear it. Like I'm not saying everything needs to be rainbows and sunshine, but come on. So, and we all have our moments where this happens and it's okay if, you know, like 25% of the time you're posting negative things or 25% of your conversation with your friend or your text with your friend is negative. But when that's, it's always like that, it's not okay. And obviously if you're going through rough life circumstances, that's going to happen sometimes where sometimes you're just like, you're down in the dumps and you have a reason to be there. But think about where you generally live. Do you generally live in a place that's positive and forward focused? Or do you generally live in a place that's Eeyore, like negative Nancy, slow, sad, dumpy, focused on the past, focused on regret, focused on like things that just don't have any positive frame of reference or benefit for anyone? You have to expect more from yourself. So expect more from yourself. When you catch yourself, make that an expectation of your existence that you are not the person that sits in a pity party. You are not the person that finds the negative in everything. You are not the person that sits in a stuck place. You are the person that laughs at yourself. You are the person that finds the silver linings. You are the person that spins things in a positive way. 
because then you can move forward. So you have to expect more from yourself. And if you expect more from yourself and you put yourself out there that way, other people will start to see you that way. And then you will feel that they expect more from you and you will be able to bring it more easily. Like I know with my work, people expect me to be positive. So I can't let little things get me down for long periods of time because I put out there that I will turn anything in my life around to make it work for me. And if I'm putting that out there, people expect that of me and I'm going to live up to that. Like I'm a person who likes to please other people. I'm not going to let everyone down by being the cranky pants who just stays that way for days on end, even in a really rough situation. So again, that doesn't mean there's not a time and a place for grieving and sorrow and sadness. It just means that you do have to expect more from yourself and pull yourself out of it, even if that means asking for professional help sometimes. Okay, number five, how to be better at anything? Practice gratitude constantly. So practicing gratitude can happen in a lot of different ways. Keeping a gratitude journal is one way. I recently posted Vinny, oh my gosh, like I don't know what this switch has flipped in the last week or so. And he went from being this like very, I I swear I jinxed it because I started telling people, I'm like, oh, three is so funny, so cute, and he's so funny. And he says all these really great things and oh, I'm just loving it. No sooner have I said those words than like the switch has been flipped and he's like telling me no constantly. And not like when he was two and we would tell me no, he's like telling me no and then he's like standing in his no. Like, no, I'm not going to bed. And then he'll like stare me down. <laughs> like, first of all, I'm trying to not laugh. And then secondly, I'm like, oh, wait, okay, how am I going to manage this? Like, what am I going to do? Um, so it, it's it's been a challenge for sure. And what I said on Facebook the other day, I said on my personal page, I said, you know, I'm tempted to take away all of, all of his toys and give him a gratitude journal. Like, obviously, I can't do that because a three-year-old can't practice, can't have a gratitude journal. But we for sure are going to start having gratitude conversations This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? 
You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Because let me tell you, this little three-year-old thinks that his life is pretty rough sometimes. And I think we all know that um, it's not. So I think he needs a little talking to. We're going to start working on that. So practicing gratitude is really significant. If you are constantly focused on the things that you're thankful for, it will reframe how you look and what your perspective is on everything in your life. So gratitude practice is really significant. It's very much like putting that positive spin on things. You have to practice gratitude in addition to that. You have to be thankful for the opportunities, like being thankful for infertility. I constantly say, if we hadn't gone through that, we wouldn't have Vinny. If If we had gotten pregnant the first time we tried, we would have a different child. I'm so grateful that I have the son that I have. I It was a bummer that it took a long time to get there, but I'm so glad that it worked out the way that it did. So I have a lot of gratitude for all that we endured. It was two years that were really, really hard, but ultimately we got to become the parents to the little boy we were meant to be parents to. So that's the positive spin. That's the gratitude in the situation that was really challenging. It also gave me a platform. Like I have a big audience. I have an international audience of people to talk to. I'm in a position now to talk about infertility because I experienced it. I'm really grateful for that. I'm really grateful that I can talk really openly about something that I was told to be like ashamed of pretty much by Mr. Old Man. So I'm grateful that I have a platform that I can share my experience and I can make a conversation about infertility be a little more normal because it should be something that is talked about and it shouldn't be something that's uncomfortable or shameful. So number six in how to be better at anything is to thank everyone for everything. So I am like the constant thanker thanking every everyone for anything that they do, whether they really went out of their way or not, just being thankful and making it really obvious. So it's not like a gratitude practice is much more private. Like I'm going to write down three things that I'm grateful every day and keep it in a journal, or I'm just going to quietly note things that I'm thankful for. But being thankful toward every toward other people every day is bigger than that. And this is, becomes very powerful because when you start being very thankful all the time, verbally and and, and physically, it really impacts your relationships with people. If you're constantly saying thank you, people appreciate that. People want to have relationships with you. That makes people feel more connected. So whether or not it's in an email exchange or in a relationship with you know a friend or just the checker at the grocery store, I'm constantly thanking people for what they're doing. And it might be that they went out of their way for me or it might be that they didn't. Maybe they were just doing their job. It wasn't even, you know, it was what they're being paid for and what the expectation is. There's still nothing wrong with me saying thank you. And when I can recognize that I'm thanking someone for something, then right there I have something I can note. This is my thing to be great to be grateful for today. Like I just thank this person for something. Therefore, I'm grateful, right? So I'm immediately putting into practice my gratitude practice. Number seven, how to be better at anything. Start your sentences with I appreciate. So I've started doing this in the last couple of years. And I think I talked about in another episode about how um, I was deemed the puffer upper 
And so I talked about this in my episode about stalking. So if you want to go back and listen to that about how I'm like a super stalker and, and, and super fangirl. Um, so I started telling people and using the, the phrase I appreciate years ago as a means of building relationships and as a means of like letting people know that I, that I appreciate them and that I, I appreciate their, their time to connect with me or their time to give to me. And so I use this all the time and I try to be really specific about it. And so a lot of times, you know, I'll, when I'll use it in place of a thank you. So I'll say, instead of saying thank you for something, I'll say like, Oh, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to do that. Or I appreciate you sending me that information or I appreciate you, whatever, and make it as labeled and as specific as possible. Because we often don't treat um, our interactions. We're so quick to jump from one thing to the other in the day. We don't tell people what we, what we specifically appreciate about them. And then it does, it's this little minute thing that we can do to build stronger relationships on a more positive foundation. And so if you can tell people, you know, I got a reputation for being a puffer upper and for being someone who builds other people up because I was thankful and grateful to them and told them what I appreciate about them. In return, people are willing to do a lot of things for me, which I am eternally grateful for. So it is so valuable to me to build relationships based on mutual respect and mutual like admiration in so many situations that it's easy for me to say, I appreciate you for this. So go ahead and do that. Tell people exactly why you appreciate them. And that can be in casual exchanges. It can be in more formal exchanges, but start sentences with, I appreciate and just see where that takes you and see how that feels. I know now that like it actually, because I do it so often, um, it, I, I feel like I'm making friends like wherever I go. I don't know if you have Trader Joe's where you are, but people at Trader Joe's always make great casual conversation. And sometimes I don't feel like talking, but I feel like they always like open up more than the average grocery store clerk. And sometimes it's really fun. And sometimes I'm like, we're having like serious personal conversations with the Trader Joe's person. But I always leave there saying like, I appreciate, I always am saying, instead of thanking them for things, I'm always saying like, I appreciate blah, blah, blah. Because I feel like I had like a really human connection with them. And I really, there was like a moment that we shared. And so I always tell them I appreciated that. Um, and it makes me feel better and it makes me move on with my day in a more positive way. It's seriously like I feel like going to the grocery store can totally change my frame of mind because especially like when I go to Trader Joe's, I'm like, I get, I have this great exchange and then I leave feeling way better. So when I'm cranky, I kid you not, when I'm cranky, I'll go grocery shopping. And then I leave and I'm like, oh, it's all better now. Like I had this great interaction with the checkout person. <laughs> that might sound like I'm kind of a lonely old person who spends way too much time working from home by myself. But this is how it works for me. Like telling people that you appreciate them makes a huge difference. And then number eight, how to be better at anything is be the spokesperson for positivity. So I think this is so important when we're around our kids that you're constantly, that they constantly see how positive you are. That doesn't mean you're not going to have your moments of being really cranky, but they have to see it because that's going to be their model, right? If you're an Eeyore parent, your kids are going to be Eeyore kids. Like no one wants to be around an Eeyore kid, please. And no one wants to be around an Eeyore parent either. If your kids see you being positive all the time, that's how they're going to be. And even if they aren't that way right now, like obviously Vinny is not positive all the time. He's three and a half, but he's going to definitely remember that that's how I am, that that's how mom was. When I am no longer here, he's going to remember the way that I talk to people and like that philosophy about me that I was able to find the positive in everything. I was able to spin things in a way that allowed me to move forward every single day. So, you know, he has a really hard time going to school some days and he has a lot of anxiety around it. And we talk about positive things on the way to school. Not totally sure he completely understands it, but I always say when he says he doesn't want to go to school, I'm like, what are you looking forward to today? Who are your friends you're going to see? 
What classes do you have at school today? What toys do you get to play with? What books are you going to read? What songs are you going to sing? We, as soon as he starts to complain about thing, about not wanting to go to school, we immediately go to the happy place. Like, where is your happy place at school? What are the things that make you feel happy? And then when he comes home, it's the same thing. When he doesn't want to do certain things at home, I try to immediately spin that into the positive realm. I'm not saying it always works, but I want that to be his default. So I want it to be constantly modeled to him. And in the same way, I want it to be modeled in other areas that I'm in. So when I'm at the gym and someone comes to me and they're like, oh, I can't lose any weight, which like I hear all the time. And I say like, I want to talk about what you have been doing. Maybe you had a goal to lose 10 pounds in the, you know, in the last two months and that didn't happen. But what have you done? Have you gotten in, you know, 20 more workouts than you would have otherwise gotten in? Have you eaten more vegetables in the last two months than you've eaten in the last year? Have you spent more quality time with your family? Have you gone to bed earlier and gotten better quality sleep? Have you get, cut yourself some slack at work? Have you gone for more walks? Have you, you know, sweat more? Have you lifted heavier dumbbells? Have you been more positive? Have you been more energetic? Have you been more productive and creative on the ways that you work out? Like all these things. Instead of that one little thing that was negative and frustrating, let's focus on the 30 things that are going well, the 30 things that have been positively impacted. So that's what we talk about a lot at my gym. Let's not focus on the one thing that's not working. Like, I don't want to ignore it. I don't want to not address it. For sure, let's talk, let's make a plan of action to help that one thing and get you where you want to be. But let's not negate all the other things because it's really easy to dismiss the positive stuff when you're just focusing on the one negative thing. And so you have to be the spokesperson for positivity. You have to be the person to call someone on it when they're, when they're complaining about something and say like, oh man, that sucks. I totally get it. I've been there. And what can you do to turn it around? What can you do to make it better? How can you change it? How can you mix it up? How can you improve it? So with that, you have your eight tips to be better at, at anything. Now I want to circle back to where we started with the idea of how you do anything is how you do everything. If you can start working on just one of these things, one of these ways to be better every day, then it will start to encroach on other areas of your life. And so you will find that how you do anything is how you do everything in that as you do a little bit better and are able to spin a positive focus in one area of your life, it will carry over into another area of your life. And so it will have a much broader impact than you can imagine if you just make a conscious effort in one area to start being better every day. So you don't have to take eight things and dive into eight things and feel overwhelmed. Just start with one thing and notice the broad strokes. Notice how being better in one area and doing one thing impacts other areas of your life. So with that, I want you to go write on a post-it note. How you do anything is how you do everything. And then I want you to hang it up so you can see it multiple times a day. Maybe put it on your computer, put it on your bathroom mirror, put it somewhere where you're going to see it so you have that reminder of the idea that you want to live the most positive life you can, understanding that it's not all rainbows and unicorns because sometimes your kid is going to pee on the wall and sometimes there will be poop all over the toilet seat and it will always be when you're wearing your favorite pants. So you're going to be in messy situations, but what can you do to laugh at the funny stories, make them be funny stories? What can you do to turn things around and have those Pollyanna moments where you can get through the tough times with the knowledge that you have the tools to make things work for you and you make and redirect things in the direction that you want them to go so that it's most beneficial for you, for your family, for whatever the situation needs. So I hope that was helpful to you. As always, if you found this episode to be helpful, please do head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It's the biggest way of thanks that, that can impact the show and that can really 
help me know what you love about the show. So I always appreciate those reviews. Additionally, make sure you find us on social media and you can comment on our episodes and leave me questions and comments and love and hate if you want to, because I like to laugh at hate mail. So I mean, please totally feel free to leave me hate mail. I'll probably read it on the air and laugh at you. So I mean, in the nicest possible way. But anyways, you can find us on social media at the Shameless Mom Academy on Instagram and on Facebook. So I would love to hear from you. I hope that you have a fantastic day and that whatever you do, you do it shamelessly. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.